Welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan when nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajan, everything's debatable, so on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, for those who are not new to the show, you know that Wednesday nights is local celebrity spotlight night. On Wednesday nights, we shine a light on the great things that are happening right here in the low country. I know we talk about everything that's going on in the world, and right now we have some really, really scary things going on in the world. But tonight, we're gonna put all that away just to have a little, a little light on our, our, on our day, our week, our month, to talk about great people doing great things like this gentleman to my left, Mr. Montreal Jones. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, all right. So for those who, who don't know you, Mr. Mr. Jones, please introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, my name is Montreal Jones, originally from Bennettsville, South Carolina, born and raised country boy. I've <laughs> uh, been here in Charleston about 10 years now. Uh, uh, met my beautiful wife back in school, and she's from the area, so that's why I ended And up her here. name is? Uh, Ty, Ty Mike Jones. <laughs> Ty Yoda Mike Jones. We're Edisto Island. All right. Venezuela yeah. okay. <laughs> and Edisto in the house. Huh? Yeah, yeah, in the house. All in right. the house. In the house. But yeah, I've been here about 10 years, loving it. Love the area, love the people. All right. Yeah. So what brought you to the low country? I mean, to Charleston. Uh, from Charleston, more far, so. Far, far away of Venezuela. Uh, my wife. Okay. Uh, yeah, she was here, and uh, I was living in North Carolina at the time. I was like, this isn't going to work. I got to get on the road and move, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I uh, came here, and uh, it's been beautiful ever since. Okay, and where did you go to school? Voorhees College. Voorhees, okay, yeah. cool. That's Orangeburg, right? Denmark, South Carolina. Denmark. Mm -hmm. is, there, is there really a difference between Orangeburg really. and Denmark? Not really. Okay. <laughs> All right, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in the Army, uh, we actually went to Denmark Tech, and we played. Um, I played for the Army post, game, post team. Okay. And we went to Denmark Tech, and we played them. Those dudes ran us off the court. They were really yeah. good at basketball. Yeah, I think they probably had a coach <laughs> chap there at the time. He, yeah, he, he was a coach. Yeah, they were they were really good at basketball. Oh, yeah. They, they oh, beat yeah. us really badly. Yeah. But that's all right. There's no video out there. That was not in the, in the YouTube era, and that wasn't in the Snapchat era, so there's no videos of me getting beat down. Yeah, or you like just that. admitted it on camera, though. So uh, it's right. all good. Yeah. I, I can admit it. You know, there's, no, there's no video evidence of it actually happening, though, so I'm good with that. Now, if you get some video now, I don't step on the court unless I'm planning on winning. That's what I'll just say that. <laughs> so, um, so, so you came to Charleston. So, what do you do uh, as a vocation here? Uh, te um, currently, I, I work for MUSC. That's my regular nine to five. But uh, my wife and I we have uh, two businesses. Actually, there's an event planning business called mm -hmm. Better Than Brilliant Events, and our marketing business is called Details of Designs. Okay. Where we do uh, marketing materials, logos. Um, you name it, we do it, you know. So uh, that's pretty much what we're doing now as far as entrepreneurship. And uh, we're still holding holding down our nine-to-fives. Wow. You know, until letting that be our sponsors until we're ready to launch out full-time to entrepreneurship. Wow. So I, I want to pause right there because you said you work at MUSC. And right now, you know, there's stuff that, you know, is going on that makes MUSC very, very special in our lives. Um, what do you do at MUSC? Uh, my department, we handle referrals, um, scheduling. Uh, so a bulk of the calls about the uh, corona or COVID-19 mm -hmm. uh, virus are coming through our department. Uh, we're uh, getting folks the right information about uh, where to go to have your virtual screenings, you know, mm -hmm. the, uh, the sites, uh, how to visit, your, uh, how to communicate with your daughters if you're having symptoms. So uh, a bulk of the calls that are coming through MUSC are coming to our department. Wow. Okay. Dope. That, that's great. Um, and I just want to thank you. Um, and... Everyone out there, medical personnel, um, health specialists, 
Um, you guys are the real heroes right now. Like, you know, 9-11 was the firemen and the police. This is y'all. This is y'all's time to shine. Um, I know that you're going to hear a whole lot more of the negative people complaining about certain things. But I just want to be one of the first ones, you know, if, if somebody else has told you that I appreciate the lengths that you guys are going through to keep us safe in this time that we've never seen. Thank in you. our in our in our life our lifespans and um, even my grandmother would say you know that this, I mean even polio wasn't like this right like right, yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is something we we were not prepared for it's something we have not seen um you know we can say whatever we want about the administration and how they've handled it but I can definitely say that the medical personnel is definitely something we need to be um, giving some standing ovations so thank you to all y'all out there oh, yeah absolutely thanks for that um I, I definitely want to you know tip my hat to all of those doctors and nurses that are face-to-face uh, -face with the virus itself, you know, on daily in and out, they're dealing with the patients with the symptoms and potential patients with symptoms and getting sick themselves. Yes, You know, I yes. got a call from a nurse today who works in a rural area who's sick, but wants to go ahead and get tested so she can get back to work. Mm. You know, so those are the, those are the folks I took my hat to. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I couldn't be, imagine being that dedicated to anything. Even though I just came out of teaching, which mm -hmm. teachers, another one, y'all just... There's so many people we need to applaud. Um, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, so what made you go, what what drove you into the field of entrepreneurship? Um, just just the desire of wanting to, uh, for me, it was to, the desire to want to em employ people. Mm. You know, I know what it's like to need a job, want a job, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and can't find one. So uh, entrepreneurship initially it was, okay, how can I create something that I could, uh, help employ people with, mm -hmm. you know, how can I help uh, put food on somebody else's table, yeah. you know, and sometimes as an entrepreneurship, you're in need of that yourself, mm -hmm. but you also want to be able to create an avenue where other folks can, can benefit from the business that God has given you, yeah. you know, yeah. so that, that's definitely one of my initial uh, desires for entrepreneurship. Also, just to be able to leave a, leave a legacy behind. Absolutely. When we decide to have kids, we want to be able to leave them something other than bills. Absolutely. You know, something other than uh, woulda, coulda, shouldas. Yes. You know? Yes. So that's definitely right now, just not even only for our kids in the future, but family members now, friends mm -hmm. now that, that are looking for some type of inspiration, okay, tired of the regular nine to five. Can you guys give us some information that that's how to, we can become business owners? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's mainly our motivation okay mm -hmm. so why the two because you have two businesses why did you choose those two businesses as the ones to, to get your legacy started with i like to say they chose us in a sense because uh -huh. we were at the, wanting to become business owners we were like okay we couldn't think of what can we do you know we had we're both artsy people you know mm -hmm. you know we were, grew up gtr you know in school and stuff like that so we wanted to put our talents to work and uh we wanted to get married you know so we said you know what you know it's kind of expensive, you know. Let's do our own wedding. Wow. So that's how we uh, got into event planning. We did our own wedding. And, you know, folks liked it. It came out real good, you know. And from there, we started getting calls. And, you know, can you guys do our wedding? We got our first big wedding. Our first wedding was a big wedding. Mm -hmm. It was probably like 300 people or more. Oh, wow. And um, it came pretty much off of somebody saying, hey, we need some help right away. Yeah. And we did it. It came out beautifully. And we've been rolling ever since. That's been five years ago. And uh, we've been rolling ever since, and uh, we've done everything from weddings to birthday parties, uh, corporate events, uh, done concerts. Uh, it's taken us some great places. We were invited to uh, New York Fashion Week a couple okay. of years ago, and invited one of the uh, uh, designers there just to come. Wow. You know, and 
that that was a big blessing to us. Uh, we've been able to do some events for um, a couple celebrities, you know, uh, just different things, just providing a, a decoration and a, creating an atmosphere for people. That's mm -hmm. that we enjoy. We love love doing that. Wow. Yeah. So that's been good. Uh, and the marketing business grew out of that. Uh -huh. We had clients that needed uh, marketing materials for the events. Okay. You know? And my wife, being a graphic designer <laughs> that she is, she's a uh, when it comes to that stuff, she's like, zooms in, zones in, and uh -huh. 12, 14 hours later, there's this product, and I'm like, wow, you know? And uh, my job is to kind of formulate a strategy as to how we're gonna do this marketing, you know? Okay. So um, it was, that detail to designs was birthed out of the event planning business. Wow, yeah. I love that. So so, mm -hmm. so really the two really are work hand in hand. They work hand in hand. That's yeah. nice, that's nice. Um, how, does it, how does it feel running a business with your wife? Uh, I love it actually. I love it. The reason why is because she she knows me, mm -hmm. you know, and I know her. And there are points where sometimes I don't have to explain certain things. She automatically knows, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. There's that energy, that synergy there, and uh, but it can be difficult mm -hmm. because at one one end you gotta wear the hat of oh I'm the husband. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm your business partner. Yeah. And what what we decide on through our marriage might not be also necessarily a good business decision. Right, correct. You know? yeah. So we got to balance the two. Mm -hmm. We got to balance the two and not let the business run the marriage. Mm. You know, that's mm. that's the key as, as, you know, just remember, we're husband and wife first. Yeah. You know, and once the business starts to interfere with that, we either need to delegate that to other folks, you know, or just develop another strategy. But for the most part, it's working for us. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So... How long have you been married? Eight years. Eight years. Praise God. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Shout out, shout out yeah. to married people out there. <laughs> I, I tell you all the time, like marriage works if you work for it. If you work, if you're willing to work, marriage works. Absolutely. If you're not, you probably shouldn't get married. So put that out there. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so, so you and your wife, y'all have you know the businesses together. Um, you both work nine to fives, and you know um, how how do you manage that time to make sure that you have the time to be impactful within your marriage, and it's not all work. Right. And um, through trial and error, mm -hmm. you know, initially when we first started, we were just running boom, 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 event after event after the event. And it was my wife who actually told me, hey, you need to chill out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. She said, they do that. Chill out. You know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> there. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was like, I to me, I didn't see where it would become that thing, you know? Yeah. And she was like, okay, I don't care if we have to shut this thing down for a year, we yeah. will. You yeah. Know? And I was like, you're right, you know, you know, happy wife, happy, happy life, life, you Absolutely. know, and, uh, but it, it, uh, it, it helped me to kind of decompress, you know, just to, sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're always wired, you know, mm -hmm. you go, especially if you have a nine to five day, you got to work your business out, yep. you, know, you go life. home and matter of fact, <clears throat> they, they, they kind of combine in a sense because sometimes at MUSC, I'm thinking about the business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Trust me. If you anybody know, feels you, I feel you. Right. You know? <laughs> and, and sometimes it, it, the, those worlds kind of combine or collide in a sense. And uh, uh, for the most part, we just, we had to learn how to just say, we're going to do business here. Mm -hmm. And but just prioritizing. Yeah. You know, putting things in the proper place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's something I definitely can identify with. My wife helps me a lot with our um, nonprofit organization that we run. Mm -hmm. And she had to tell me once she was like, "Look, because every night, every Friday night's date night, mm 
mm-hmm. every Friday night, no mm-hmm. matter what, stay night. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told me one night, she's like, uh, you know, if we go together to one of your work things, that's not a date. Right. And she had to make sure, like, she had it, like, I didn't think about it. Like, yo, we're getting dressed up. We're going to this thing. It's a nice thing for us. We're together. She's like, no, we go and you talk to people and I stand on the side. Mm-hmm. That's not fair to me. That's not a date. So right. if we do that on a Friday night, you still owe me a date. Right. And as a husband, as a man, I look back and say, you know what? She's right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's sort of, that sort of goes into um, what the next thing I want to talk to you about, which is your book, right. The Mystery of Marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, where did the thought process surrounding that book come from? Uh, it actually started off as a conversation between me, some friends, co-workers, and uh, just questions that we all had about marriage, you know, and uh, being a Christian, my perspectives as a husband, you mm. know, and uh, over time I just started researching more and uh, some of those questions I had answers for, you know, some from, from some of my peers and, you know, from folks who were thinking about getting married, folks who were married, folks who were divorced that they'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. And it gave me an opportunity to research all of that stuff through the Bible. Yes. You know, because the characters in the Bibles have relationships as well. Yes, they did. You yes. know, a lot of times you think about their their role as a servant of God, but if you don't think about their role as a husband or a wife. Yes. Or or, or brother or sister. And um, it gave me a different perspective as to uh, what marriage is like as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, not only being married, but having the weight of a of purpose on you mm-hmm. and how you have to share that with your spouse. Mm. You know, not only your purpose, but their purpose, it, they go hand in hand. Yes. You know, but sometimes we'll get into the, the mindset or the thought as, oh, my calling or my this or my that or what God has for me to do, not realizing that it's just a point, a piece yes. of a bigger picture. Yes. And your spouse's piece fits your piece, mm-hmm. which both go into that bigger picture. Yeah. So that that, that was the um, idea behind the book of Ministry of Marriage, and it's a, a, a biblical blueprint to winning in marriage. Mm. So um, I highlight different relationships, uh, Abraham and Sarah, Okay. Um, Moses and Zipporah. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Moses is probably one of my favorite people in the Bible. All right. Uh, reason being is because I like to call him a guy, a man with a... Uh, uh, multiple identities in a sense or split personality okay and what I mean by that is because he was a Hebrew who grew up as an Egyptian and uh, then once he left Egypt he was an Egyptian trying to learn how to be a Hebrew all over again mm. you know he he was a part of two different worlds and um, <clears throat> one thing in the Bible I'll, I'll never forget I was laying on the couch this was before we even got married this is like leading a weeks to you know when you know the weeks before you're in that mode like oh Lord you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking yeah. about everything coming together and I was laying on my couch, and I started, you know, I was already studying the life of Moses. And um, I saw a part in there that I had never seen before. Okay. Uh, his wife, Zipporah, you know, the, of course, we know Moses' his job was to go and confront Egypt and uh, help to uh, free the people, mm-hmm. you know. On his way there, the Bible says he stopped at an inn. And at the end, uh, the Bible says that God was there ready to kill him. Mm. And I set up on the couch i was like why in the world would god call this man just to just to kill him mm. you know why would god call him to this big purpose this big plan just to lead him to a place where he was going to kill him anyway wow and you know the most remarkable thing about that particular uh incident in the bible was what moses's wife zipporah circumcised her son and put the blood on moses mm. and then she said you're a bloody husband to me or, or i'm just paraphrasing yes and what that showed me was that the anointing or the covering of the wife is so important. 
you know, she was able to cover and protect her husband at a time where he was on his way doing God's work. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of times we miss that, uh, you know, especially in a, in a macho male society, we, we kind of belittle or downgrade the importance or the role of a wife. Mm -hmm. Her job, Zipporah's job, saved countless people because by saving Moses, she also helped save the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, that that gave that perspective kind of helped me also to write this book, seeing that, okay, the roles carry weight. You know, a husband's role carries weight, a wife's role carries weight. And the more we learn about our individual responsibilities and our roles, the more we can appreciate the other's, other's role. Wow, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's really good. Like I've I've never heard anybody explain Moses Zipporah that way. That that makes complete sense. I mean, in addition to the fact, like like you just said, you know, a lot of times when we talk about marriage in the modern era, um, it's spoken of in such a negative route. Right. All you want to hear, all people want to talk about when you talk about marriage is, oh well, no marriages work, and everybody's cheating, and nobody's faithful, and da da da, and he beats her, and he's a. But guess what, y'all? That ain't the majority of people. Right, absolutely. That's not the majority of people. And I always, and like I just said, like marriage works if you're willing to work for it. Mm -hmm. If if somebody, if you can live with the fact that there's gonna, you can surround yourself with good people who still think you need to improve. Right, absolutely. Like your spouse is supposed to give you those nuggets. You look at that situation. God wanted to kill Moses. Why? Because there was something that probably God was like, I can't use him. And then his right. wife covered him. Right. His wife covering him is what saved him. Right. And as men, there's so many times that our wives come in and they're gonna add things to our life, you know, that 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 cover us and keep us. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's times where I leave my house in the morning and I'm not of a sound mind, but my wife makes sure that I have a sound mind so that I can leave Absolutely. and do the things that I need to do. And without her, I wouldn't, I, I tell her all the time, like there's, I couldn't be who I am if she wasn't, if she wasn't right. who she is Absolutely. in God, Absolutely. you know, in God. So I, I love this. I love, I love your book. Um, if I was a person who, who is, was this book written to? Is it written for people who are, who are looking towards getting married, people who are currently married, or maybe somebody who's like in that 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 middle place where they're they're not sure, you know, if they they've gotten out of a bad marriage and they don't know if they want to go back to it. Who would you say your book book speaks to specifically? Well, uh, when I was when I was began writing the book, I, I asked my question myself that question as well. Okay, who, who's my target audience for that? And I couldn't determine who would benefit the most from it. Okay, because I had questions coming from people who were single, people who were uh, thinking about getting married, people who never wanted to get married but wanted to just to learn more about it. Yeah. People who were married and were just struggling, mm -hmm. you know, and folks who had been divorced saying that I'll never do this again. And um, just over the course of time, I've gotten testimonies and from folks of all, all, all of those different situations saying, oh, wow, I never thought about getting, getting married until I read your book, mm. you know, oh it, oh, it helped me get a different understanding as to what marriage is about. And folks who, who are going through, you know, some terrible stuff in their marriages were able to look at their spouse differently from a different perspective, yeah. you know, and they began to understand each other and communicate. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we hear the stats about uh, divorce rates and what, what, what causes divorce and, you know, separations and stuff like that. And they say either finances or infidelity. Yeah. But they never mention one thing. They never mention selfishness. Yes. Because that's the root of all of it. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, if, if you, you don't treat your spouse right because of selfishness, you know, and not only that, uh, if you can remove, if you, you, if you can become a selfless person in your marriage, 
it opens the door to so many other things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had one person say that, uh, man, if I had read your book when I was married, I'd probably still be married. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's those yeah. things right yeah. there that kind of help me say, okay, wow, it's it's making an impact. Yeah. You know? And folks are, the book is circulating. It's growing. It's going. Uh, I had one lady say, oh, can I have another book? Because I gave it to my son. He won't give it back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, you know, I had one, uh, one, one lady say, well, uh, I passed the book along to my friend, and she passed it to her husband, and he passed it to his friend, and so I don't know where the book is at. Can I have another? You mm -hmm. know? So that, to me, that's, it, it makes me excited and happy to know that if somebody can share your work with their inner circle, mm -hmm. their trusted voices, that means you, you're onto something. Absolutely. You know, if, if people will trust you with their trusted voices, people that has a heavy influence on them and, 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 they they share their most intimate details with of life with them, and they're willing to share your work with that. Then, then you're hit, you're hitting on something. Absolutely, I love yeah. that. So speaking of your writing, um, how did your writing lead to you? You know, creating events such as the Black Authors Lab, and how 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 is that going to work for you? All right. Well, the Black Authors Lab was actually created by Michael Strong okay. and Erica Malachi. Okay, uh, all all um, South Carolina natives. All right, uh, I was actually. Uh, joined this uh, organization uh, probably a year ago and um, I was at an event at Northeastern Technical College where I was one of the speakers about my book and other authors were there and a cousin of mine told me hey you need to meet Michael he's throwing an event here the same weekend okay so okay I was like alright alright what we missed we kind of didn't connect at that point but I gave him a call and we talked about what his vision was for the Black Authors Lab and how it's going to provide a platform for um, African-American authors and literature, mm -hmm. uh, folks who are just interested in probably writing a book and just, or just wanting to know the history of authors in our in our state, in our country that are African-American. And just talking to him and hearing his passion behind it made me say, I got to connect to this. Wow. You know, I got to connect to this because uh, a lot of a lot of times, a lot of folks, we, we look at uh, literature or writing as, oh, that's nice, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. But we... As a people, as an African American people, black people, one of our greatest resources historically has been our ability to communicate. Absolutely. You know, our Absolutely. ability to communicate. I'm talking about way back even in Africa, we had gotten so good at communication, we didn't need words. Yeah. We used drums. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a rich part of who we are, you know. And understanding that without communication or and not not communication, not being able to effectively communicate, uh, either through writing or reading or speaking, you're opening the door for somebody else to come in and do it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're giving the opportunity for somebody else to create a narrative for you. Yes, yes. You know, and they're I, and yes. they're going to speak on your behalf, but not necessarily on your behalf, on their behalf, through their perspective of what you what you're wanting yes, and needing. Yes, you know? yes, I have. You know? me, me and my I had this conversation. This is the third time I've talked about this in the last two days. I talked to two of my me and my daughter talked about it. And me and my wife were talking about it. And what we talked about it was in relationships, any kind of relationship, whether it be a work relationship, a romantic relationship, business relationship, um, spiritual relationship, you have to give people the maximum amount of information. Right. And mm -hmm. because if you don't, they fill in the blanks. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if I if I go off, I leave today and, you know, me and my wife sitting in the, in the living room and I just get up and I walk out the house. And she said, where'd you go? I said, I went to the store. Right. That leaves room that, for something. That doesn't. That doesn't lead. That that doesn't tell her what store I went to. It doesn't tell her. You know. So if she's the type of person to think negatively, she may think, "Oh, he just said he went to the store." 
he didn't really go to the store. He went to this place. He went to that place. He went. Right. But if I'm like, nah, I'm giving you information, and you so like you said, communication is so key. It's so important. Um, and communicating and writing is so important. You know, I, I think about like when when we were younger. You know, when you didn't know how to say things, what did you do? You wrote notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this was before the text message. You know, he had to write the note and he had to fold it up real nice and everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, to give it a do you like me yes or no box kind of yeah. thing. But that was communication. Right. Like you said, us as African American people, that's definitely one of our strengths, man. I, I love that. So, how long has the Black Office Lab been around? Uh, this is the second year, actually. We were supposed to uh, actually have our second annual book festival in Toronto, South Carolina, which is our uh, uh, central point there, you know. Uh, and uh, but because of, of course, the coronavirus yeah. and everything, yeah. that we had to postpone that till next year, actually. Wow. So we were supposed to have it March twenty eighth of this year, uh, but um, definitely having plans to continue that on in next year. Okay. Yeah, yeah but uh, I, I mean, I love everything about uh, African American literature, uh, writers. Um, readers, speakers. I, I grew up in a household where uh, my grandmother was a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. You know, she would tell ghost stories. Shout out to grandmas. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we love you. Love you grandmas. <laughs> but yeah, we um, I grew up in that household where my grandmother's an incredible storyteller to the point where uh, folks were calling from all over asking her to come tell stories. Yeah. You know? And uh, I'll never forget, uh, I was in seventh grade and I got in trouble last part of, of school and uh, got suspended and had to actually end up re repeating the seventh grade. Yeah. That entire summer, she made me read the same book over and over. Mm. The same book over and over. I, as soon as I got finished, she said, okay, write a paper. Wrote a paper on the book. Okay. Go back and read it again and then give me something different the next time. And that was that, that summer where I was like, okay, I started appreciating you know, reading and stories a lot more. You know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at first it felt like punishment, but at it got to the point where I loved doing it. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, even with my mom, my mom's an avid reader, and uh, one of the things that I can remember about us growing up was that, uh, you know, when Christmas comes around, you're expecting these great gifts and stuff like that. I mean, it's a good, pretty, good, pretty good gifts. Mm -hmm. But she used to hype it up like, "Oh, I got the great, I got a great gift for you guys this year." You know, "Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it." And you know, get ready to go up under the tree and you pull it out as a big. Thing of Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which y'all know about that, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and it was like, you know, my sister was like, I don't want this, you know? But, right, right. you know, after a while, you know, and me, I'm just an inquisitive person. I like to do research. So I started picking up those books and yeah. stuff. And, you know, I would even go in my mom's room and find some of the books that she had, that she had been reading, you know, throughout the year or whatever like that. And, um, my dad is a research guy. He's gonna he, if there's a newspaper anywhere, he's gonna he was gonna have it. You know? Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And um, just from there, you know, I've had teachers that kind of encouraged me along the way. You know, it used to be frustrating to me as, as far as communication because I knew what I wanted to say, but yeah. I didn't know how to say it. Yes, you know? yes. And I didn't know how to write it. And um, I came across initially. I came across a, a teacher in middle school who encouraged, you know, writing in journals. You know. You know, don't just write about things that you're doing on a daily basis. Be, be imaginative. You mm -hmm. know, create something. Yes, you yes. Know, create a story. And I began to love doing that, you know. And um, I got to high school and I came across a teacher who, now this was, just for the, for those kids that might, might be watching, believe in yourself, you know. <laughs> Even if other people don't believe in yourself, yeah. you know. I had a teacher who gave me F's on my writing. And I didn't understand why. And, she, and I asked her one day. She said that, uh, well, I, I don't believe you wrote this. I think it's plagiarized because it, you don't talk the way you write. Mm. And I was like, wow. You mm. know? And 
you know, it, it discouraged me for a long time. I stopped writing. Mm. And then I had another teacher who came in and said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to write it the right way. Yes. You know? Yes. Where you can communicate, and, and then it, it'll never be doubted that it's you. You yeah. know? And um, so that happened, and uh, shout out to Miss Gilchrist. Hey, Miss Gilchrist, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had the middle school teachers, Miss Scholes. I'll never forget their names. And uh, when I got to my senior year in high school, uh, Mr. Deweese, he was my English teacher, and uh, I actually didn't need to take the English that that, that senior year, but um, because of that one teacher that failed me mm -hmm. in that class, uh, I took his class, and um, he asked me right in the beginning of the class, he said, why are you here? I said, well, I had to repeat the class over, mm -hmm. he said, uh, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to help me help your peers that are needing to uh, pass the uh, exit exam, okay. you know, in the writing section. I was like, okay. So he said, as a reward for helping me, I'm going to let you write a book. Oh, wow. So as soon as I finished with helping my peers uh, with just learning the grammatical part of writing mm -hmm. and formulating the sentences and stuff like that, he allowed me to write write a book. My first book was like a science fiction novel. Oh, wow. You know? And uh, that was my senior, my senior year in high school. And I never got it published because I was afraid, you know, of somebody saying, oh, this kid, what is he doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. But um, it, it opened me up to the world of writing you know, and I, ever since then, I've always been a, you know, a lover of writing and uh, any, from anything, from books to music to anything. All right. Yeah. There's stuff, so you write music as well? Yeah, I do. I write songs. I uh, haven't put anything out, or, out there like that, but it just comes natural to me just to write songs. Nice. Yeah, I, I feel that. I, I have a hard drive full of music that people could tell me I should put out, and I'm like, nah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I write for me. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I, it, it for me, it's 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 therapeutic. You know, mm -hmm. I get like always like my songbook, like the, I have I wrote I typed up this big four word of like if you can't handle the truth, don't flip any further. <laughs> 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 but it's yeah. my book. It's like it's my dreams, my goals, my aspirations. It's the things that I I love about life and the things that I I fear even my my nightmares, my yeah. worst my worst thoughts. And uh, but it's mine. Right and, and just, you know one day maybe you know I'll pass and like my kids will publish it like my memoirs or something like that. Right. But it's mine, you yeah. know. It's, it's so I have stuff recorded. Like a lot of stuff you see in here actually started out as, as recording equipment. Wow! But now I just was like I'm use this for it. So yeah, yeah. But God, God does all things in His time. He does. He does. I, I, I I love I love this man. So I can definitely tell that you know the hand of God is on your life. Um, do you have any aspirations towards ministry? I do. I do. I do. I've pretty pretty much been working in ministry now since. Um, 03, okay. 2003, just uh, helping in the different roles as far as teaching or an armor bearer at one point in time, uh, serving now at, at my church as one of the leaders and when it comes to teaching and just uh, welcoming and embracing, you know, Christians and, and, and people who are the one in Jesus. You okay. Know? You know, so I, I don't have a title or anything like that. I just just do what, I just function in the way that God wants me yeah. to function. You know? What church do you go to? Uh, Kingdom Impact Community, Apostle Aaron Mobley. All right. Yeah. Mobley, I know Aaron Mobley. I know that name. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, mm -hmm. shout out to Kingdom Impact. Kingdom Impact. Kingdom Impact. Shout mm -hmm. out to Kingdom Impact. Hopefully y'all watching. Share this video. Shout, yeah. shout, out, your, shout out your guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I love it, man. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, well, pretty much just uh, just for everybody to stay safe, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, Dr. Rona. Definitely, uh, if you if there's anything that you want to do in life, just do it. You know, sometimes, I mean, I understand me, I'm a planner. I know what it's like to have a, a thought-out, long thought-out plan, but sometimes you just got to do. Think long, you think wrong. Think long, you think wrong. Absolutely. I love that, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, the book. Where can they find your book? 
Oh yeah, the book. Uh, of course, uh, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's also available the Kindle. Um, you can find it on. Uh, matter of fact, you can contact me. Contact you, yeah, Montreal L Jones, on Facebook. Uh, same thing on uh, Instagram. Uh, you can email me at uh, trailj79 at gmail.com. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate I really you. appreciate it. This has been an amazing opportunity. I, I loved getting to know you. Um, as I always tell people, once you come on the show, once you're a friend of Real Talk Rajan, and anytime you need to come back on, you or your wonderful wife, y'all have an opportunity. Like The doors are open. Just let me know, hey, I need a date, and we'll get you locked in, man. Wonderful. Man. Um, I, I love it. I love what you do. I want to, you know, I, I pray for the success of what you do, but I'm pretty sure you don't need it. You're good to go. Thank you. Like, well, likewise, and I, again, I appreciate the platform that you provide for us. And continue to do what you're doing. Man. Amen, man. It. Amen. Mm-hmm. All things in God's time. Oh yeah. All things in God's time. And thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching this week. Remember that the show is now just on Wednesday nights. I am no longer doing the Sunday night show until I finish my grad school. Once I finish grad school, then we probably bring the Sunday shows back. But every Wednesday, I will be interviewing my local celebrities. And next week, my guest is... Drum roll is still rolling because I'm waiting for this to open. It is still opening. It's moving around slow. Next week's guest is... Come on, what are you doing? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm usually much more prepared than this. Okay. I'm just going to put it... I'm just gonna, oh, there it is. Oh, next week's guest is uh, Mr. Clay Middleton, who actually is a pretty big deal. Um, I actually met Clay Middleton when he was working as the lead security for the Cory Booker campaign. Um, dude is that deal. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him about everything that's going on from the current administration to what's going on in this upcoming election and ways that you can get engaged politically and civically um, engaged as a citizen. So please make sure you tune in next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Lord willing, as long as we don't go on like a mandatory, you can't leave your house kind of thing. Um, if you are doing something in the community that you would like a light shined on, please reach out to me on my website. That's www.realtalkwithrajan. That's www.realtalkwithrajan.com so we can discuss getting you on the show. This and all my shows in addition to my Car Chronicle series is now available for your listening pleasure via Apple, Google, Spotify, and any place you can find podcasts. You can also find it on my website, www.realtalkwithrajan.com. If you'd like to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unplanned, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe tab on the page and turn on the notifications so that you will know when something new has been posted to the page. In the meantime, please follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk. All you got to do Wherever you go, I don't care what social media site it is, except for Snapchat. Type in Real Talk Rajon and I will pop up. I'm also not on TikTok because I'm not nine years old. Um, <laughs> feel free to leave comments, questions, and whatever else you'd like to say in the message section, the message section or the comment section below. I love reading your messages and getting your feedback, even if it's negative. Why? Because I don't. I do not seek for people to tell me how great I am. I seek to become as great as I can possibly be, and that only happens with honest feedback. I am also currently accepting invitations for speaking engagements and event hosting opportunities. If you would like for me to host or speak at your event, you can request me via my website. You guessed it: www.realtalkwithrajan.com. Always remember, in closing, that God is everything, and without Him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that's real talk. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.